Welcome into the Bad Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Carter, and we are so glad that you have tuned in with us today. To those of you listening along on Spotify, hey, we're geared up. We're ready to go for today. And if you're viewing this on YouTube, then go ahead and leave a like for today's episode. It's a special one. We have some unique things coming along today, so be excited for that. Uh, if you are new around here, then we'll be honored for you to go ahead and subscribe. Uh, becoming a Bad Fan is easy and is made better by clicking the bell below this video to get notifications for all new videos. That way you're always connected with all things bad fan. Well, I cannot do this thing alone, so I'm joined by my good friends and yours, Brandon Patesnick and Stephen Curl. Gentlemen, how are you today? How was the weekend, lads? I'm good. As you can see, I'm a little burnt. Um, the sun finally came out. It was hot here in Columbus, Ohio. No more winter, no more 30-degree weather, hopefully. Um, and I'm really excited for this week of sports. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell us what's on the back of that Aston Villa kit? It's going to be our first signing of the summer. Um, he's currently on loan from, you know him as Barcelona. Um, it's Philip Coutinho, the Brazilian magician. Uh, yes, a little magician. Beautiful jersey. And Steve's rocking the King Peach. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Um, had some work this weekend. Had some birthday festivities. Turned the big yes, two sir. five. I drank Ooh. some margs with you, Cole, poolside um, on a cloudy <laughs> day. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. Very busy. Very good. Um, yeah, excited to be here. Amazing. I love it. Well, glad to have you guys back here for another episode of The Bad Fan. This is episode 19 on the main podcast, so really exciting that we've made it this far in. Um, but together, you as a viewer and us as bad fans are going to take you a journey through the world of sports, giving you an informative rundown on the headlines that you need to know and discussing our views that may go against the grain of normal fans. So we're going to get you guys caught up on all the things that have happened in the world of sports since the last time we talked. Uh, Brandon, you want to get us kicked off on an update from our last episode that the people should be filled in on? Yes. Um, I feel like I always start with like a, a sad story. Um, and this is another one, a very, a very weird story. Uh, I think if you, if you watched last week's episode, uh, I'd mentioned about the, probably the most famous, famous agent in the world, probably the richest agent in the world, a sports agent that is um, Mino Rayola. Um, there were reports that came out last weekend that said he died. And then it was a funny thing. He posted on Twitter saying that he was pissed off because the media had tried to kill him twice in four months. Um, you know, basically, you know, I guess he was fine. Um, unfortunately, though, two days later, a day later, his family came out and did confirm that he did pass away um, at the age of 54. So it's a, such a weird thing because we were joking about it last week because the Italian media is – Soccer media in general is just crazy, making up things. Um, you know, everybody wants to be first in the media world. So, um, but so I don't know if he actually tweeted that. You know, he could have been in the hospital. Mm. I don't know, like what his conditions were or have been. I have no idea, but um, it was confirmed by his family that he did pass away. So, sort of sad there. Curious, is he Mbappe's agent as well? Was he? <sighs> I don't know. He had like I think he had Pogba. I know he had, he had Holland. Zlatan at one point, I think. 
Um, yeah, he's he has like all the best players in the world, I think. So could definitely be. But, I'm just curious, thinking yeah. just now about this next summer coming up with signings with Pogba and Pogba's projected to leave Manchester United and mm-hmm. Erling Holland's supposed to make a big move. Um, strictly on the sports side of things, obviously it's a tragedy. But I'm curious to see how that affects potential relationships with clubs and coaches and all that. But anyways. Yeah. And I guess something to know, and I think we've said this last week, but he's, he's notorious for being really hard, like a hard negotiator. Um, but that's why he also gets paid the big bucks. Cause he usually is very player friendly and gets the player, the deal that they want. Um, so it's sort of weird to see a guy like this, leave the soccer space. I'm not a huge fan of agents in general, um, but you never want somebody to pass away. Um, especially at 54, sort of young, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, well, I know uh, he's not Harry Kane's agent, so we know how that one goes. Um, but the last headline, Brandon, what was that one? Yeah, it's really quickly. The NFL draft did happen last week. It ended on Sunday not really any crazy updates from that. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say. Um, Steve, you're not in your head. I think you might have something. Oh, yeah. I know. I saw the Falcons drafted a quarterback out of Cincinnati, right? Yes. And he said he's going to win a Super Bowl. So I'm glad I don't have to worry about <laughs> the Falcons if they're going to win a Super Bowl. He said he's not going to leave till we win a Super Bowl. So I'm excited that we're going to win a Super Bowl now. Really fun and exciting. Um, it's going to be so easy. Yeah, it's, it's going to so be easy. great. It's going to be so, so easy. easy. <laughs> um, I saw a funny tweet of uh, the roof of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and uh, the caption was, oh, so this is what Matt Ryan saw every Sunday, just when he getting sacked and just laying on his back. So, <laughs> uh, I don't even know this quarterback's name, but... His name okay. is Desmond Ritter. There we go. He's going to fit in real nice here. <laughs> um, some other things, I guess, on the local side of things, Georgia had the most like players ever drafted. Um, obviously they got the number one draft picks. So they now are tied for the most draft number one overall draft pick. So the dogs had a really good draft. Um, but we saw, I think the least amount of quarterbacks taken in the first round since a certain quarterback was taken um, very low in the draft. That's Tom Brady in the year, I think 2000. Uh, we only had one quarterback taken the first round. That was Kenny Pickett at number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was a different draft. I mean, you had mm-hmm. people for months talking about, oh, yeah, we'll have a quarterback go number one, number eight, like number four, and that did not happen. So it definitely was a crazy draft. Um, but today's focus is not on the draft. It's not necessarily on baseball or soccer, but we have something special planned for you guys. We teased it a little bit last episode. We have a very special guest that's going to be on the podcast today. We're going to bring him in now. This is our good friend, Jacob Berry, welcome in, man. So good to have How's you. Going? How's it going? We're good, man. Good to see you. You have a jersey. You came prepared. I do. Unfortunately, it's repping? a bad team. <laughs> uh, Cloud Drew. Cloud Drew, the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers. Yeah, well, nice. Jacob, we have you on today to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, to get some predictions, just talk about the general format of the playoffs. A lot of people may not be following NHL often, so this is our chance to get to dive in uh, when things are starting to heat up on the ice. Um, so give the people an idea of what's the actual structure of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
So it's a four round uh, best of seven series uh, playoff um, bracket. And okay. we're in the first round right now. And then the higher seeded team gets the home advantage for four of the seven games. So if you're a higher, if you're number one playing the lowest seed, you obviously get home advantage for four of those um, seven if they need it games. And they're all, all every uh, round is seven, best of seven. Um, so we're in the very first round and it's already getting hot. Already breaking up my bracket. I had thought who I was going to get. So. I think it started today, didn't it? Yep, tonight, actually. So Yeah, baby. It's right. exciting. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, so we're jumping in. First game starting um, as we record this. But give us a rundown of some of the series, those matchups, who's going against who, and what should we kind of be watching out for? Um, I would watch the three biggest uh, series I'd watch right off the gate are Carolina versus Bruins. I think that's going to be a great matchup. And I had Bruins winning 4-2 to two in the series, but our, already Carolina came out strong. Five to one, five to zero, I think. Wow! And uh, with their not their starting goalie, so I'm I'm impressed. Um, and but I think the Bruins have a really strong team, and they're going to come right back. Um, and then Leafs versus Tampa; those are two amazing teams with two great offenses, and they're just kind of going to come out the gate very strong. Um, and Tampa, Tampa, to they've won back to back. Stanley Cup, yeah. right? So this will be a three-peat if they win it. And I don't honestly I don't think it's possible. So <laughs> I'm I'm going Leafs. Uh they look too strong. So they're coming off okay. a great season with uh very good players on the offense. So and then last last uh series to watch in my opinion would be Flames and Dallas. They probably have the two best first lines on offense I've ever seen. Um that team, those two teams are gonna be fireworks the whole time. It's just gonna be High scoring games, bad defense, <laughs> everything you want to see in a hockey game. So I'm excited to see that. It's gonna if you never watched the playoffs and never watched hockey at all, this would be a great time to come and watch those games. At least I'd recommend those three te- those three series. And then obviously watching the Panthers just tear everybody up, winning the presidency trophy before coming into the playoffs, they're just gonna go right through everybody. And that's my pick for the for the whole thing. They're taking it the, home. The Panthers taking it home. I got uh, the Panthers for, taking it home. Wow. So for those that don't know, the President's Trophy is what? Is that like the number one seeded team going into the Stanley Cup playoffs? That is the team that won the most uh, games. And they have historically done awful in the playoffs. <laughs> but I'm going against the green, and I'm, I'm taking them for the whole thing. Um, it's kind of like a bad luck charm to win that. Um, just like you just the number one seed never wins March Madness. Like it's just the bad, bad juju. You don't want it. So Yeah, Steve, and I will that- say – Oh, sorry, Cole. You go ahead. I'm going to say, Steve, is that the same in MLS? Do you want to win Supporter Shield in MLS? MLS is still trying to figure out what MLS is, so I don't <laughs> think that there is um, ingrained history like there is in NHL. But typically, yeah, Supporter Shield winners, uh, they usually don't go on to win uh, MLS Cup. I'm sure the Galaxy did back when they had those crazy runs. But, um, but yeah, in general, no. Yeah. Brandon, what were you going to say? I was going to say about the Panthers, I went to a couple Blue Jackets games this year and I did watch a game where the Panthers absolutely smacked the Blue Jackets. I think the final score was like seven to three, six to three. Um, yeah, that Panthers team is pretty good from what I saw. So, <laughs> yeah, they just honestly, they don't really have any star players like other teams do. They just have great chemistry and they just know how to play together well. So I think they're going to go very far. It's and pretty we can exciting. See, 
we can see the bracket here, and I see I see my LA Kings on there. Now they're playing the <laughs> Oilers. The Oilers have been pretty solid, I think, for a couple of years now. They have a couple of really good players, I think. How are the Kings going to fare the Stanley Cup, in your opinion? I don't think they're going to fare very well. They kind of squeaked their way in um, to the playoffs in the last minute. Um, and I think they have a hard matchup right out of the gate with the Oilers, um, with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. Those two have combined to score more than a lot of other matchups, a lot of other lines combined. So that's going to be very hard to shut those two down. They're, Connor McDavid is the new Wayne Gretzky of this our generation. So I'd be surprised if they don't they don't beat them, but who knows, you know, talking. Yeah. So I think the Kings are winning right now, actually. So they, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that they're getting ahead early. <laughs> who knows? Um, so it's like the hardest championship to win in sports. So who knows? Um, well, I'm looking here. You talked about some of the goalie issues that Carolina was having. Um, who was another team that maybe has a goal that you can see them taking them deep into the playoffs? Oh, that's the Rangers. They have the best goalie in the NHL right now, in my opinion. Um, and that is like a key to win the Stanley Cup. If you don't have a good goalie, you will not win. And they have the best goalie. So he's on track for winning the equivalent of the best, like MVP basically for goalie um, for the NHL. Um, and if he gets the, this team through the, the playoffs, then he will for sure win that. Um, he's been playing out of his mind. He's actually pretty young, in my opinion. I think he's... Not very old at all. Let me see if I can find his name really quick. Um, and then, well, where are my Atlanta Gladiators in all this, Jacob? <laughs> and the Thrashers. In <laughs> the Thrashers, yeah. Sorry, they are not a team anymore. But the Flames, <laughs> the Flames are uh, where they went. So Flames are looking yes. really good. Calgary, I think it is the Calgary yes. Flames. Yes. Um, and then you have and the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets were not good this year, weren't they? They were terrible, yeah. <laughs> so the, Jets, the Jets are holding true to Atlanta history yep. with the Thrashers. I think the Thrashers made the playoffs once. Um, so, yeah, they didn't fare very well in their Here's time Here's a fun NHL. fact real quick about my involvement in the hockey realm. I have been to an Atlanta Thrashers game, but I've never been to an Atlanta Hawks game. <laughs> Wow. I went to the Atlanta Thrashers versus the Bruins, and I was a kid with my dad, and still I've never been to an NBA basketball game ever in my life. Um, oh, my gosh. And I've been to a Gwinnett Gladiators game, have been to a Hawks game. But anyways, so the Thrashers, it, it runs pretty deep in my vein, honestly. Yeah, you're a closet hockey guy. Closet hockey, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like to talk year. about it that much. Right. <laughs> Well, this is the year to start watching. This is a great year. It's the best really time. Isn't it? So that keeper, did you find that Rangers keeper? Yes, is, I can barely pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try it. Shesterkin is his last name. Sounds good and to he, me. <laughs> and he has a, a 9.35 save percentage and wow. 36 shutouts, which is right. in 53 in, games. That's insane. Oh, my God. That's wow. crazy. <laughs> He's very, very, very good. <laughs> wow. So Rangers are um, looking pretty. That is crazy. And you said the Stars and Flames is the series that you're going to be watching. Um, and a lot, talk a lot about powerful offenses and all that. But what is a thing that the NHL is getting caught up in right now that maybe is divisive between maybe you know some of the young guns and maybe the kind of old heads have been around for a while? Yeah, they uh, definitely don't like the speed and the pace of the game, how it looks. Um, a lot more creativity and deking. Let more than 
getting hit or fighting as much. So they just don't like that. Uh, I don't know. They just don't like how it's been played right now. The older guys like the smack them hockey and slap shots only. And, but now the people are doing lacrosse style goals behind the net and shipping it over people. And half the time you'll see people complaining about that, where it's like, that's amazing. Like I, I can't even believe that that's possible. So I don't understand it personally. I'm on the new side cause I'm young, I guess, mm. but uh, it's definitely interesting to see how it's going to evolve. I like the new style of hockey and I like the speed of it. And uh, it's still aggressive. I mean, still, you're still fighting people. You're still hitting people. I mean, there's no difference in my opinion. So. Okay. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I think, you know, sports are constantly evolving. I mean, even baseball has had some rules, big rule changes this year that they're trying to appease that younger generation of baseball fans that want to see the pace of play, you know, I guess, become faster you don't want to have to sit for a three-hour game you want to sit through a two and a half hour game cut down the time sure um but you know for nhl if it's speeding up the game the pace of play on like you know the ice versus just bruising people like you said i would think that'd be more fun to watch yeah you're still getting a mix of it like those flashy plays that i'm sure you've seen many times this season maybe not with the flyers i don't know if that's happening (laughs) uh enough for you guys not so much this season not this Um, season but we do want to see you know the flashiness, I think, is what makes these guys unique. Like the NHL, honestly, I want to get your opinion on this. Is when you think about it, I think of the like big names, like you said, you Connor McDavid. You still have Sidney Crosby. You still have Ovechkin. Sure. And then I think out of that realm, I don't think you have a lot of faces that the NHL is like selling. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that's because they haven't allowed them to really shine because there isn't that flashiness of the game. Do you agree with that? Or do you think like differently about it? I think I agree with you initially on that. It's sort of uh, tough. I think to shine in hockey um, more than other sports where you can like basketball, you can score 50 points. And obviously that guy's he's in charge, but like hockey, it's, it's extremely hard to score more, more than two goals in a game. I mean, if you're scoring a hat trick a game, you're then you're a superstar. Like mm-hmm. no one's even close to you. So I think it's just hard in that way to become like extremely big. Um, I think they try and push it like McDavid. They really did a good job marketing him and trying to get people excited about him and like the new generation. Um, It's just hard. It's hard to stay healthy with the long seasons and it's just a tough sport. I mean, I don't know how they do it. Honestly, I couldn't play 82 hectic games and still be consistently good. Like there's no way. Um, But yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's hard to, uh, get new people in the door and get them marketed and you know so cool and i have one last question before we move on and let you go uh, we've really been enjoying having you on but you're a hockey guy we talk a lot about soccer on here we've had some history you know playing some games and all that in your opinion which game is more fun to play and is a better experience <laughs> nhl or fifa Oh, that sounds me so biased. That's not fair. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I'll say NHL. I love it. You know, I play it every day, pretty much. Um, but I just say FIFA's a blast. It's, they're two different, totally different games. So, what's the? Uh, what's it? It's like the World of Chell, where you can yeah. just like pop in with your friends and all that. Yep, we have a team. Me and all the guys play, and it's a, it's a blast. <laughs> We're all That's out there. Amazing. You'll each have your position, and you play, and it's a great time. It's just like uh, FIFA has the equivalent of that, doesn't it? Pro clubs, I think. Pro yeah. club, yep, exactly. Yeah. So Dang. it's a good time. 
I wish more people would like get into hockey so it could get bigger because I love it to death. I think it's so fun and so high paced and it's so enjoyable to watch. There's no downtime. Like I can't believe no. this game's getting faster. Like I'm like, like you should go the other way. I can't believe that <laughs> there's people going even faster and switching. Like line shifts are like 30, 40 seconds tops. Mm-hmm. And you get off and switch off and you got to make a difference in 40 seconds. It's like, yeah, I will say like, if you've never watched hockey, you probably don't appreciate the athleticism that these guys have. Um, not many people can step on the ice and do what they do, but a lot of these guys could step into another sport. I mean, they play it's, – it's, it's 82 games, so it's like the same as an NBA season, but they're playing every other night where NBA yeah. games don't play that often. Like they play like every third night or like they'll take longer breaks in between um, like traveling and stuff. But these dudes are playing – I mean, there's what, three lines basically that play a game depending. Yep. And so there's three periods. So that's what's estimated out. These guys are skating for sprinting for 15 minutes on ice with just the skill with the stick, man. It's, it's incredible to watch. And I love now that people are being able to show their skill on the ice. Um, like we've said, I haven't followed it super closely, but like, you see it in like sports center top 10. You see it on the highlights on Twitter, like guys picking up st- the puck with their sticks behind the back, like just crazy. Like I played lacrosse in high school. So it's like seeing things like they're doing that with a, on ice with a <laughs> curved, like wooden stick or whatever, like absolutely amazing. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for these, for these playoffs. And if you're not watching, you probably should. Amen. Couldn't say it any better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Jacob, thank you for coming on to the Bad Fan Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you join us and give us some insight on the Standing Cup playoffs. I know we'll be tuning in, hoping my Kings can pull the upset and bust your bracket, um, <laughs> especially as Dustin as Dustin Brown rides yeah. to the sunset his last season. So I know. let's see if we can get it done for the third time in a decade. But um, until then, buddy, we'll catch you next time. All right. Enjoy. All right. Thanks for having me. See Appreciate you, it. Buddy, Jacob. See okay. ya. Well, guys, that was a great pleasure to have Jacob on, um, a nice change-up of things. But, Stephen, we're going to get back to your domain, buddy. We're Speaking of change-ups. Oh, <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> Amazing. We're going to go back to a diamond so bright they had to cover it in dirt. Talking about Major League Baseball, buddy. And you're going to give us the headlines from baseball today. Go ahead and get us started on that. Ah, these transitions, man. Showbiz, let better. me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about a man that might have problems, but money is definitely not one. I'm talking about <laughs> Steve Cohen, the Mets owner. Uh, been very vocal on Twitter about him going to take this team and – really take the team by the reins and make them World Series contenders. And that's what he's doing, even by subtractions. The Mets recently just designated for assignment Robinson Cano, one of my all-time favorite baseball players. Um, And the Mets owe this guy $39 million, sent him down to clear waivers. I think he's going to clear waivers um because if he does that means a team that picks him up doesn't have to pay that salary no one wants to pay robinson cano 39 million dollars for one season um yeah but this is a big move um coming out of steve cohen a lot of times you saw this uh with the albert pulhos um deal towards the end of his career the angels keeping him around for a while seemingly just for the money aspect since you had 
already have to pay this player. You might as well be on the roster. Um, but Steve Cohen's not messing around. Uh, also doing this pretty early in the season as well. We haven't played that many games. Um, Pulhos was released by the Angels last season, kind of midway through the season. But Mets not playing around, even with the designated hitter spot. I was surprised by this move. Um, but and yeah. Them, and then being currently in first place as well. You know, at the very worst, he's a guy that we we talked about this a week ago. We thought he had a shot at the three hundred, the three thousand hit club. We had him in that conversation at least, and now he's batting one ninety five, and all of a sudden he's designated for assignment from the big league club. So, a crazy kind of turnaround of events. Um, but you think this was the best move for the Mets? Uh, yeah, you know, you got a couple guys right now that were kind of underperforming, like Dom Smith was the first one that came to my mind, and almost in this like symbolic day, the same day Cano gets designated for assignment, Smith picks up three hits and beats the, helps beat the Phillies, and, you know, baseball's weird like that, so I think this was the best move. The Mets got talented guys, and, you know, so many new guys have been brought into that clubhouse that's kind of like this new guy culture. So it not really like Cano is necessarily, you know, his bat wasn't adding anything. So he had to go. Right. But with that, um, DeGrom is hopefully coming back. And I'm looking at this Mets roster, looking at this Mets team, one of the best teams in baseball to start this year. And I have the question of, are they world series favorites? I'm going to come out and say, I will be shocked if the Mets are not in the World Series this year. Maybe not win it, but I will be shocked if they're not in it. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine them in their current state not at least competing for the NL East division. Um, yeah, with their pitching alone, I think that's just the most contributing factor is they are nasty. Um they looked nasty against the Braves tonight as we recorded this. They got a little unlucky, I think, losing to the Braves. But get yeah, DeGrom when he's back full strength. Scherzer's 18-0 in his last, like, 20 starts or something like that, which is nuts. So, yeah, they are for sure going to be contending. And it'll be tough. You know, my prediction was a Dodgers-Red Sox World Series. The Dodgers are still a really good team as well. So, if that's the NLCS matchup, that'd be crazy. Um, but I don't know, Brandon, do you have any thoughts on the Mets? Again, I think they're really good. Can they lose the pitcher curse, like the injury curse? Right, the bug. Maybe, but I will say starting off a season very hot can can help you towards the end of the season. Um, there will be lulls, right? You're not going to win every series. Um, but if you're doing very well up front, you can sort of – account for you know you can do you can have a lull in the the middle of the season and not sweat it as much especially when you're coming towards the middle of the season um i think they definitely could win the east um we'll see Uh, i don't think we've seen the best from the braves um but the mets are good the mets are good and we know that um We'll see if the Phillies can, you know, make a run as well. They're also ro- roster-wise a good team. So um, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun season, long season. Let's I say pump the brakes, Lots but to it, play pump uh, the brakes. They're a good team. They're a good team. 
So yeah, it is a long season. What's even longer than one season is two seasons, and that's I'm just killing it today. And that's how many seasons Trevor Bauer has been suspended by the MLB for violating domestic violence policy. Um, Trevor Bauer was handed a 324 game suspension, which if you're good at math, 162 times two, there you go. Um, There was a big question mark here, actually, kind of confused of um, how long the suspension will be. Will MLB give another suspension? Um, There was a new allegation that came out and the hammer came down swiftly. Um, And this is the longest um, domestic violence suspension issued out by the MLB um, since it was implemented in the six plus years, 2015, I believe. Um, And Trevor Bauer is also in his fashion and his style, the first one to ever appeal a domestic violence suspension. Yeah, boys, I think, I think this is it for Trevor Bauer. Um, I think that even without it, we're not, you know, going into all the cases and all that kind of stuff and the evidence, but, I think this is it. I think of like the SMU college death penalty, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Trevor Bauer, it was ever in good relations, even with his teammates on the Dodgers. There's been leaks out of the Dodgers clubhouse that um, those guys didn't like being around them. Um, we know that Cleveland um, had issues with him throwing that baseball over the center field fence was- in the middle of a game, getting taken out by Terry Francona. He's, he got traded like, couple games later yeah he came out apologized and got traded a couple games later so i think this is it um you know and yeah i don't think he'll ever see the field again i don't think teams will want anything to do with him um yeah i'm curious what y'all think is this the last we will see of trevor bauer he has come out on twitter and issued a statement that he's appealing like i said the suspension and has his legal team on it um i don't know what that means um and you're going up against a pretty big giant in the MLB. But, yeah, curious on y'all's takes on that. I just don't – from my understanding, I've not done a deep dive on all, on all of it, is, you know, from a legal standpoint, he wasn't found guilty of anything that I'm aware of, but yet he's receiving the longest suspension of any player versus, you know, guys that have been found guilty of domestic abuse and so on that they get 50-game suspensions. So – I'm curious as to why his was two years long, um, which I guess is why I understand his reason to appeal. And if it gets reduced to one year, I think that there's teams that will take a chance on him just for the fact that they probably believe in his ability to pitch and he'd be fresh enough to come back into the league still. But yeah, two years is a very long time to be gone from the game. And he'll be, I think, 30 three at the end of that two-year suspension so certainly like a question mark at that point um i don't think you're wrong to think he won't come back um but if it gets reduced i'll say he'll be back if it does not get reduced i would probably agree and think that he doesn't get that second chance to come back into the league uh yeah i think you know he's he's definitely an acquired taste um i don't expect a lot of people to like him um but he is a good pitcher and he's also been very, very open and honest for the most part as, as I mean, he's given time for the courts, like when he had the first two come out to do stuff. And then once they've like, not what's the, what's the right word? Acquitted. Acquitted. Yeah. Like the cases were dropped or whatever it was. He didn't, he wasn't found guilty. 
like he came out and like told the whole story and like so i'm not saying you have to trust him but he seems very honest <laughs> and like he i'm we're not going to go into details but people's uh private life i guess i'll say and especially when it's seemingly consensual it, that's where that's where it gets really weird like the he said she said um how does the mlb like get to say keep, yeah they keep to, like how do they get to like say oh you can't inter like interact sexually in a certain way because it breaks our protocols even though something was uh consensual I, you know like i'm just like I don't understand the MLB, but like, will we ever understand the MLB or the NFL for that matter? All these rules where there's videos of people beating their wives or girlfriends, how are they ever allowed to touch the field again? But I think we said this before, like, but someone that does drugs, you know, smokes marijuana or something like that, like banned for, you know, it's just like, where are, where are the priorities? Like I, I don't understand. Um, so we'll see. I, I hope he pitches again because I think he's a good pitcher. Um, if he's found guilty, which I don't trust the MLB's court. So, but if he's found guilty in normal court, cause is, is this is this a new case? Yeah. So I believe there's three new allegations that mm -hmm. had come out um, that talk about different interactions, different people. So um, again, not getting into the, I read some of the stuff on it, but so I think that's what, kind of prompted the two-year ban because before he was just on administrative leave and getting paid um, as opposed to now he is under full suspension mm. so hmm. gotcha yeah we will it, see. it's tough to come back from that for sure though yeah two years not pitching we'll see but uh his former employer the dodgers um, some MLB.com had power rankings come out this week by Paul Casella, um, and Dodgers are at the top of the list at number one. They're off to a flying start. Um, Clayton Kershaw, a little sidebar, became the Dodgers' all-time strikeout leader um, in a really cool moment um, in L.A., the Mets, like he's I've been the, talking, he's the only Dodger I'll somewhat root for in that sense. I think he's a well-deserved yeah. like record earner. Yeah, yeah, I, Kershaw, Kershaw's class. I think he's kind of one of the, you know, I think of Kershaw, I think of Madison Bumgarner, mm -hmm. Scherzer, like these old soul kind of traditional baseball pitchers. And he just he just loves to he loves to pitch, and he loves yeah. L.A. He loves the Dodgers, so it's very fitting that he holds that spot now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers at the top of this power rankings with the Mets, like I've been talking about, and Steve Cohen in second. The New York Yankees, who the Yankees, the Yankees, who I've been given a hard time to um, in our preseason uh, predictions and previews. Uh, they're number three on this power ranking list. Actually, had the best record in baseball, I believe, starting coming into today before all the games took place. Um, and then after that, we have our Blue Jays, which a lot of us predicted to go to the World Series. Brandon and I predicted a Bra uh, Braves Blue Jays World Series. And then Giants at five, Brewers at six, Padres at seven, Tampa Bay at eight, the Angels at nine, the St. Louis Cardinals at 10, and your beloved Braves baseball team is number 11. Hopefully we jump up a little bit more and start hitting the ball. Um, but yeah, these are these early season power predictions, uh, power rankings. They don't really mean anything. 
um, other than just kind of where teams are playing at, what caliber right now. And for me, I think a big surprise on this list has to be the Padres for me without Fernando Tatis. Um, they really come out the gate swinging. The NL West is a dogfight <laughs> right now. You have the Dodgers up there in first. I think the Padres are in second and the Giants. And then after that, you have Colorado with like 15 wins as well, not yeah, far they're behind. Shooting. They're shooting so, well this year. So the NL West is a dogfight. So that's my early season on surprise. The the San Diego Padres without the Slam Diego guy himself, Fernando Tatis. Any other uh, standouts to you guys? We talked about the Yankees. I don't know. The Yankees are another standout. Like, who knows? Like, I don't see Boston on this list. And that's in Cole's <laughs> World Series. So, you know, again, way too early to tell, but still. The uh, the 11th place Braves, I think, is very kind. Fair uh, enough. Especially coming off of a series loss to the Texas Rangers. Um, we've won one series this whole season. So I think being 11th is very kind of them to think of the World Series champions in that regard. Um, yeah, I think the teams from New York have to be the two biggest surprises so far. Not them being on the list, but the fact that they've outperformed our projections and our predictions. And certainly, you know, thinking that they might, I mean, hypothetically, if they keep it up, they could maybe have a New York World Series. So that's a crazy thought. Maybe not likely right now, but um, yeah, the two New York teams stand out the most to me this early on, 24 games in. Yeah, um, you guys said Yankees so high. That's probably the most surprising. Um, I don't think it'll last, but um, the Giants are up there in fifth, um, like you just pointed out. That's pretty crazy. Not Maybe not crazy because they, they won the division last year, but like... Mm-hmm. We didn't really expect them to come out so hot, and they're they're in the mix. Uh, but the Angels, you know, a team that has a the playoff monkey on their back, uh, if you will, hot this year. So that's sort of exciting, exciting to see. But yeah, I think they're very kind to the Braves, like you said. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. still have a uh, Kevin Gossman. Also, I think he's been carrying the load a lot. He's on Blue Jays now, and he hasn't yeah. even walked a single batter this entire season. Wow. So I think he struck at like 11 his last start. Yeah. Wow. He's been nasty. He's been contributing a lot to that blue Jays, uh, power ranking, but considering that for us, he was on the Braves five years ago and we let him go a huge turnaround for his career to heat things up while his time in San Francisco. And then now for him to be in Toronto, he might actually be a legitimate Cy Young candidate this year. And to think he was on the Orioles. And that's, we rescued him from Baltimore. And look at him. We, you know, now he's riding his bike, no training wheels, and he's off into the sunset. It's great. I love it. Baseball's beautiful. Baseball's beautiful. Cole, that's all I got on the MLB side of things. Why don't you take it away with some Champions League? Thanks, champ. Really appreciate that from you, buddy. <laughs> I'll sing no, it. That was the Champions. The Champions. <laughs> That's going to be clipped. Um, oh anyways, <laughs> we've been on the Champions League train for a while now, um, talking about Real Madrid and Man City and Liverpool and Villarreal. Well, man, or sorry, Real Madrid, they just won the league. This is a fun little tidbit we wanted to pop into the the podcast today but fun moment here <laughs> vinicius jr 
the team celebrating. He posts this photo of manager Carlo Ancelotti with the cigar and the sunglasses looking cool as ice. What a photo, man. <laughs> Such a good picture. The only manager to win Europe's top five leagues now after winning with Real Madrid. Wow. Amazing. Only He's manager, a great manager ever to do it. It's pretty impressive. I mean, considering Put some respect I, on his name. Yeah. Put some respect on my man. He <laughs> could win the Champions League this year and it would come out of nowhere. No one expected this from Real Madrid. That's mm. not, you're not far off, buddy. You're right there. And you've seen it. You're the one that saw it first. You brought it here to our fans and said that Real Madrid was a team to look out for. And you've been right so far. Uh, but they are down in their tie. They're down 4-3 to Man City, but they're going into Madrid on Wednesday. Um, having come off that La Liga clinching victory with their 4-0 win over Espanyol, does that mean that they can finally just release and fully attack Man City, Steven? Or are they still going to have to kind of recover from the hangover, maybe from winning La Liga? No, nah, I mean, Real Madrid is Champions League. I think if you talk to any soccer fan, uh, you know that it's Champions League royalty is what Real Madrid is. And so they've, a lot of these players, they have a couple young guys, but I mean, the team, the club, the DNA, the very air they breathe at the Bernabeu is Champions League. Um, and I think that they'll understand the, the task at hand um, on Wednesday. I think it's going to be an incredible game of football. I can't wait for it. Um, and they'll definitely be coming out there for sure. More probably attacking um, than their last matchup in Manchester where they still scored three goals, which was an insane game. Um, but no, it's just, it'll probably be, I'm thinking it's going to be like the best game of football I'll ever watch. I'm so excited. <laughs> High expectations. Brandon, what are yours going into the game? Um, a lot of the same, really. I mean, I, I said that the first leg was going to be like very tight, like one, nothing. It was very tight, but in a different way, um, also in not a different way, Man City should have blown them out of the water, but, um, I don't think Madrid's defense will be as bad this game. I cannot imagine them being as bad as they played last week against Manchester City. I don't, I still think Man City's better. I still think Man City will win, but it's, it's not like. I think Steve sort of said this as well. It's like if anybody tells you they know what's going to happen, this, you know, no clue. I have no idea what, what is going to happen. Um, I'm sure we'll see the exact same lineups. Um, but will Pep overthink? Will he overthink this second leg? Will he do something crazy like put Fernandinho as, as a right back again against Real Madrid's fastest yeah. player? Um, I, I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It depends, I guess, if Cancelo and Kyle Walker are healthy and back or not. I don't know if they are. For I think the they should be. So if that, if that's the case, hopefully he doesn't have to make that call and he can just slot them <laughs> in their natural position. Steven, you put some high expectations on this one. The best game of soccer you've ever seen. That's pretty that's pretty lofty. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at this it point, be. it could be, it has the potential. Like we're talking about the potential here of it being the greatest Champions League semifinal in history. Now I would hope it is. 
it's two amazing teams. One that has the pedigree that's been around for decades. And you have the team that's been around for a decade. So two totally different historic clubs for different reasons. And now they've come to the tipping point where something has to give. And it's either going to be the tactics, like you said, from Pep overthinking it, or it's going to be Ancelotti continuing his amazing run and sweeping La Liga and potentially going for the Champions League as well. So it is going to be an incredible one. Um, I need some score predictions, though. What's the score prediction going to be? We'll start with Brandon first. What do you have? So it's 4-3 now. I'll predict the score of the game. Um, I think it'll be something similar. I think it'll be 3-3 on the day, and Man City will win by one goal. What is that? 7-6 to six on aggregate. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to say Real Madrid takes this one. Three to two, extra time. Give me the drama. Both score a goal in extra time. PK shootout. <laughs> no. With Real Madrid winning. Five, oh my five, God. Five four on PKs. If that happens, if that happens, you might, we might need to put some money down tonight. If that happens, I parlay it. Parlay I, it. I, I might. I will. <laughs> my initial instinct which is always so right for sure. If you look at our past MLS fast fives, it's always course, so good. Of course, of course. Um, I'm going to kind of go with you, Steve. I'm going to say one zero Madrid. You never agree with me. Extra time. But I think a Man City player named Kevin De Bruyne scores a goal and sends City through to the final. Wow. And that's what I think is going to happen. It's going to be a great game. It's going like, to It has to be. I hope it's not like what Man City could have done to them last game. Um, I don't think it will be. It's it's going to be so good, man. I cannot wait. <laughs> Me either. Uh, one quick anecdote. This doesn't actually have anything to do with Real Madrid and uh, Man City. Did y'all see that there's a new the Champions series coming out again? No. I did see that today. <laughs> I can't wait to see it with you guys just to talk about it. If you yeah. guys have never seen Bleach Reports, the champion series, please watch it. You'll get a little bit of our inside joke humor it's from really that. Uh, the second matchup in the semifinals that we've really, really haven't expected the same things from Villarreal is now down two to zero to Liverpool. This one's a totally different tie guys. And realistically, Liverpool should be in the driver's seat here. We've talked about how Villarreal is really just an opportunistic team. They're going to sit back and then get you on the counterattack. So being two goals down, do they really have any chance at surviving or coming out of the grave on this one? Yeah, I'll give them a chance. I mean, whether how, if that chance is 0.1% or not, but I think you've seen crazy things in champions like football. Uh, why stop now? Um, but, yeah, you said totally different tie. I'd be shocked and I'd bet my car and my every cent that I own that Liverpool will be walking away comfortably. <laughs> car. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you never want to count a team out. Villarreal has been a kind of Cinderella team this far. Um, who knows what the vampire can pull off? Yeah, that's exactly right. Sort of how I feel. I'm not going to count Villarreal out. 
Because um, they need how many goals? A one, a two, a three. Yeah, yes. and they don't really do that well. They don't really score goals um, or shoot a lot in the Champions League. So it could be out of sight by halftime. I'll say that. But um, they did, you know, they kept it to 2 nothing in the first game. So it does give them a chance, but I cannot see. I can't really see Villarreal scoring more than one goal. Um, so it's definitely Liverpool to the final for me. Okay, fair enough, my guy. Um, well, outside the Champions League, we have the Europa League. The semifinals there are happening. Frankfurt, they took the lead against West Ham in the first leg, invading West London. They're army of fans once again this is insane that they keep getting the amount of tickets that they do to these away games <laughs> they're literally 30,000 strong it's incredible to see um frankfurt has the advantage going into the second leg back home in germany uh steve in your opinion west ham is a team that's very solid they've been well managed for the past two years can they get it done and get back to their first European, I guess, European and English finals since the 70s. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it, and they're in this kind of, like, dogfight with Man United right now for in this kind of, like, top six thing. But if I'm a West Ham player, I want to win a piece of silverware. And the Europa League means something, and that's Champions League birth. And so I think they're less concerned. I'll go out on a limb and say they're less concerned about the table. Um in the Premier League right now, and yeah, I think they are gonna go for it. You know, the great, great team, solid team. David Moyes, great coach. So, yeah, I'll go. I'll go for West Ham going to Frankfurt and um, taking it to them. Jared Bowen, Brace, who knows? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope it for them too. I want West Ham to do well. So they're a fun team. They're a really fun team. Honestly, that you saw you could compare to Everton a few years back um, with fans riding the ownership press box on the verge of relegation to where they've come now. It's really incredible. Um, it feels like a distant memory. That's yeah. And it wasn't even that far like long ago. And so I think to go from like your own fans riding against your owners, having get escorted out of the stadium to on the brink of winning a European final that would be incredible. So I hope they go for it, and I hope they can pull it off. Yeah, I was literally going to say bow and brace. Um, I think they'll score three on the day. I think it'll be like a, a header from a corner or something, and Bowen will score two. Um, he's so good. And I think last game, I think he missed like a lot of chances, which he normally doesn't. He scored this weekend mm-hmm. um, in the Premier League, so... I think it'll be, if I'm predicting, I, it'll be 3-1 West Ham, and they will go through to the Europa League final. Yeah, I think they can get the job done. They have the talent. They should have the focus and the mindset. They're the, the better team. Um, I think guys like Declan Rice and Jerry Bowen have to be the ones to step up. Uh, Mikel Antonio hasn't been scoring like he was earlier in the season. Um, so unless he so- finds the magic form, um, they'll have to rely on those two guys if they find their way to the final. Um, the other side of the bracket, you have Rangers and RB Leipzig. Leipzig is up 1-0 um, after a pretty contentious first leg. Uh, this one, RB Leipzig is a team that's been in the Champions League the past couple of seasons. 
and Rangers just trying to find their way into the Champions League themselves with the Europa League win. Um, two different kind of teams. Uh, what do y'all think is going to happen in this one? I'll hop in first here and say RB Leipzig is um, the better team. But I think I wanted West Ham versus Rangers in the final. I think that'd be awesome. Um, but also West Ham versus Leipzig would be amazing too. Um, Leipzig is up one nothing, but it is going back to Glasgow. Um, yeah, I, I watched the highlights from the last game. Rangers didn't really create much, and Leipzig did leave um, a goal or two on the field. Like they just didn't. Yeah, uh, I will say one one. Leipzig goes through. Um, but I think this is, this is a tough game to call. Um, uh, cause I think the goal came in the 85th minute, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a late goal. Um, yeah, it's up in the air. Great yeah. Shot, Steve. I mean, I'll, I'll, to keep this, to keep it brief, I'll just echo Brandon. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close, but I think Leipzig walks away with it. Okay, and the Europa Conference League is going on as well. Leicester City and Roma. Phaedra 1-1. Brendan Rodgers and Jose Mourinho. Jose is trying to uh, reinforce the idea that he is a serial winner. And Leicester City is trying to salvage anything from this season that they that they can. Um, so that'll be a fun draw to at least keep an eye on. I Like we said last time, we wish that was the final more than Feyenoord and Marseille on the other side of the bracket. Uh, Feyenoord has the advantage over Marseille. Um, but I think Marseille probably has the ability to come back and win that one. And we'll probably see a Marseille-Roma final. I don't think Leicester has the form right now to compete, and they probably fall short. Um, but enough of European play. We're going to start to kind of wrap things up a little bit um, with some Premier League and then a little bit more from the domestic side here in the U.S. Um, but, Brandon, your guys, they got the job done. Aston Villa, they beat Norwich. And what were the ramifications on that one for Norwich? Um, so unfortunately, I mean, I think it's been, the writing's been on the wall for a while now. Um, but this was the game that saw Norwich, um, mathematically relegated back down to the championship as they are the yo-yo club. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them next year. Dean Smith is a great coach, ex Aston Villa manager. Um, and I did see a great point. Well, Villa won for the first time in five games, I think. So that's great. But um, Dean Smith, the former manager, like I just said, um, got like a standing ovation. So he's also a Villa fan, like grew up in Birmingham. So it's it's just cool to like sort of give him like a farewell and maybe maybe see you in, in two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Villain's getting it done. Uh, Watford, Burnley, that was a crazy game. Crazy. Watford just shows why they deserve to be on the bottom, and Burnley shows there are reasons why they deserve to stand up or stay up in the Premier League, getting the 2-1 win, scoring two late, late goals consecutively to Barry Watford and to get themselves above the relegation line, at least temporarily, because the guys next to them, Everton, get a massive win against Chelsea, getting a 1-0 win. Richarlison getting the goal to put the Toffees above the Blues on the day. And this was a chirpy uh, very, very, um, I guess, physical game. And it saw lots and lots of yellow cards and 
the scenes after the game felt like Everton had just won the league. I mean, Frank Lampard was going around the stadium. The fans weren't leaving. They were singing, and it was pretty amazing. You had the fans. There's a video of the guy with the ball underneath his shirt being like, I don't know where the ball is. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely an amazing spectacle to see um, Everton hanging on. They're getting the job done, it seems. Yeah, I said, I said I was going to say, I said it could happen. Um and it did, which is crazy. Um, that home crowd is is nothing to you know laugh at. They're absolutely amazing, but they're still because of that Burnley win. They are still in 18th, um, be- behind Leeds now, which is who's in 17th, and Burnley, who's in 16th. They're both on 34, so they're two points away from getting out. Um, so very contested there at the bottom. Um, I'm super excited. To and did you get? Them. Did you guys see uh, Jordan Pickford saves in that game? Yes, amazing. It was saves. insane. And he got nailed in the face too. Like that soccer video with Scott Sterling. Yeah. The man was incredible. Um, yeah, so was. they better be seeing in his name and a horrible giveaway by Aspilicueta for that Char- Charleston goal. It was so bad. Awful. Yeah. Chelsea, like we've said, they have not recovered well the past month, it seemed. I think they've lost like four of their five Premier League games, something like that. It's so, so bad. Christian Pulisic's well. dad is getting involved in it. That's, you guys see that tweet? Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Yeah, uh, talking about wherever it's been a tough, you have a hard six months ahead or whatever. Basically, Christian Pulisic's dad came out and kind of like inadvertently criticized Chelsea not playing his son. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's interesting. Anyways. It's always daddy ball. Well, like you said, Man City, they beat Leeds. So Leeds drop points as the two teams below them gain points. So Leeds is unfortunately kind of closer to that that bottom relegation line. So it's going to be competitive. And Liverpool, they beat Newcastle 1-0. to Tottenham, they got the job done, uh, winning 3-1. to But... Unfortunately for us Tottenham fans, Arsenal, they got the big win against West Ham. Um, West Ham, like we've talked about, maybe keeping their eyes more so on that Europa League semifinal. And they let two Arsenal defenders score against them, Gabriel and... Tavares. Uh, name? Holding. Or holding, Rob Holding. Right. And, um, yeah, they won 2-1. to one. So the Gunners are still two points ahead of Tottenham, maybe even three points ahead of Tottenham, and running out of time. But um, that North London derby, like we've been talking about, circling on the calendars is going to be a massive, massive game. Tottenham does have the goal differential advantage, but that doesn't matter if you don't have points on the table. Well, as we always do, we jump back over the pond. We're going to recap and follow the last bit of CONCACAF Champions League. Seattle and Pumas, the final is happening. It's 2-2 currently in the game, and... This is it. Is it the time, guys? We've been asking the question, does the MLS finally, finally win the CONCACAF Champions League? Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, I think they go to Seattle. It gets loud. It gets crazy. And Seattle get at least a two-goal win. Yeah. I... um... Seattle will win. They've also had a great marketing um, scheme program around the game with Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> who's absolute icon. Um, Steve, have you seen it? 
Yes, I have. It's, okay. a, it's an amazing, it's a big it's an amazing game, piece. y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Someone definitely just explained what CONCACAF was to Marshawn right before that video, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And He's he reading a script. In, <laughs> yeah. He's getting paid in Skittles for sure. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, Seattle will win. Um, I think it'll be close, though. Um, oh. I don't know. Are we giving predictions? I'll give a prediction. Uh, it's 2-2 right now going into Seattle. I will say it'll be a 3-1 win. That's what I was going to say. Running right against Puma is getting the championship convincingly. That'd be nice Steve. for them. I'm going to say I'm going to say like 3-0 Seattle. Like and it's just like a crazy Come crazy on. resounding win. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Coming in with confidence that MLS can finally get it done. Um, we did do the MLS Fast Five last weekend, but the game, the big game that uh, was sort of important was the Nashville Philadelphia Union game with their inaugural game in their new Geodis Park uh, Stadium. And sort of a weird game. Philadelphia Union got the goal um, in the second half, I think, early on. And then late gave away a penalty on a handball to Nashville to give them a 1-1 draw in their first home game. But guys, we're not even really looking at this game and being like, oh yeah, like that's cool. We're already looking ahead because us as bad fans are going to make our way up to Nashville later in May. So I know you guys as bad fans got to be excited for this. We're hoping to get some content to you, um, whether it be in the form of short videos, some reels, uh, bad fans of food. We've been talking about maybe getting some coffee shops and stuff like that in. So keep an eye out on that. Um, we're hoping to, like we've been teasing as well, getting our bad fan gaming episode out for you to enjoy catching up on the latest big news from the uh, world of gaming and also maybe just some other fun little topics in between. Well, everyone, that about wraps things up. That's everything that you need on your radar going into the week. A massive, massive start to May. And uh, we thank you again for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed your time today on the bad fan, you made it this far, get a thumbs up. It's free. It helps the channel a lot. And we love getting the feedback from you guys. And if you haven't subscribed, if you're new or just haven't pressed that button yet, please do so. Um, we're trying to get to 100 subs by the summer, which is quickly approaching. We started this back in February and we're now already in May. Hard to believe. Um, we really appreciate it if you would help share this with a friend. Um, whether you like the hockey portion today or the soccer or the baseball, or if you're looking forward to the Bad Fan Gaming Podcast, please, please, please subscribe and get involved in the comments and sharing where you can either on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, um, any interaction is good. And we really appreciate that. If you need help finding those places, the link tree is in the description below and will help you find everything that you need. Well, thanks again for joining us. All of us here at the bad fan with Brandon, Steven and our special guest, Jacob. Hope that you have a great day, a great week, and we will see you guys in the next one until then. Hope you have a good week and, and peace out.